Blog Talk Radio. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the question America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning, Queen. How are you doing? Thank you for being with us once again, helping me co-host this morning's Discussion question, how are you doing? Fantabulous. How are you this morning? Doing great, doing great. We also have a special guest returning to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, uh, Ms. April Jackson. How are you doing this morning, Queen? Thank you for being with us for this morning's discussion question. I'll go ahead and let the cat out the bag. Tiny Harris, T.I.'s wife, I'll throw that out there, says, Mary for security not for love, what say you? Thank you for being with us on this morning's discussion. And, you know, I'm going to go ahead and also let people know you kind of sparked us during this discussion, if you will, uh, April. Say hello to all the truth seekers. Say hello to Latrice. And give a little bit of your background before we get started on this morning's discussion question. Well, first and foremost, thank you for having me on the show. And um, good morning, Latrice. Good morning, everyone. Um, A little bit about my background. I'm, I'm from Delaware. Um, ex-military, currently um, living in Dallas, Texas, so I'm trying to live the real estate dream. So, yeah. That's uh, beautiful. Out there trying to make it happen, as I already said, this morning discussion question, Tiny Harris says, Mary, for security, not for love, what say you? Latrice, um, I'll go back to you as my guest co-host. As always, I'd like to ask, you know, what's your first initial thought when I say, hey, we want to discuss this? I actually called you about this one this week, right? <laughs> Say, well, we just did a show on, on, on some, you know, another version talking about <clears throat> an aspect of marriage. And I was like, is it too soon? And he's like, it's not too soon. And so, hey, here's the question. <laughs> so what was your initial thought when I said, hey, let's, do, let's tackle this morning's discussion question? 
let's, my response was, let's do it. I think it's a relevant topic. Um, I'm recently divorced um, four and a half years ago. So um, I think it's a very relevant topic. I, I participate in a lot of relationship discussion groups, and, and I've broached this subject before, and um, it amazes me the thought process behind love and marriage and stability and wealth building and all of those things. So I think it's a great um, opportunity to explore this subject a little more. All right. Sounds good. And April, again, you, in a sense, sparked this discussion. You, you, I think uh, I forgot. I think you were too – I think it was on IG, if I, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Or, you said you need to do a you know you need to do a, a show on, on this what Tiny had to say, and I was like, what did Tiny say? Because I don't think at the time I hadn't even seen the clip, and we're gonna play <laughs> it the first break here coming up soon. But so so instead of asking you what was your first thought, you know whatever you already had a thought. So when you said I need to do a show on it, what were you thinking? Let me ask you that. I mean, I think I saw your comments on this. But either way, just tell me when you said, let me tell my toy to do a show on this. What were you thinking when you asked me to do that? What I was thinking is um, I thought this would be a good topic because after Tiny said it, um, I think it was originally on, like, the shade room. And um, I saw, like, um, the kind of back and forth that was going on underneath the post because it was just so divided. And then um, next thing you know, I reposted it. And then I looked on my Facebook and I saw people, like, posting like comments about it and going back and forth and I was like you know I never really thought about that like do you like especially nowadays how relationships go so I was like you know this would be a really really good topic because we always bring up the fact that oh, a man should provide and it's a man's job to provide and do everything and then on the other half you see so many posts that say oh let's do 50-50 so but this would be a good conversation starter so yeah all right, well, there you have it. As, see, if, if you're out there listening or you're a follower of what we're doing here on Mental Dialogue, we are open to listening to the people. And April, again, she has been on the show before, so uh, thank you for suggesting it. As you heard, Latrice say she thought it would be a good topic for us to revisit, um, you know, in a sense, relatively, relatively soon um, after doing a topic on this discussion. And for my longtime followers, I'm a big pusher of marriage before children for hashtag I like to use. So I'm always glad to, in a sense, bring this discussion to the table. But I will tell people I try not to do it too often just just because it is, a, a, in a sense, a soapbox issue of mine. And I think even this topic is relevant to it, if you will. Um, again, in the, in the originated, and we're going to play the cut, it originated on T.I.'s new podcast expeditiously, I think I'm saying that correctly. Um, he actually brought his wife on and they had a lively discussion and so we're definitely going to bring that part of the discussion to the table and later in the show we're going to bring up another part just to kind of take us in a different direction and I think it is a part of this discussion as well. But to reiterate for those out there listening, Tiny Harris says marry for security, not for love. What say you? Now, to be fair to her, that's not exactly what she said. It was basically, um, and you're going to hear exactly what she had to say. It was some advice that was given to her uh, when she was younger. And so you're going to hear that cut. And she said that was the advice that she was given. Uh, further in that particular podcast, just to put it out there, she did go on to say that she thinks she was, in a sense, fortunate enough to to have done both uh, in her, I guess, marriage with T.I., that she was able to do both or whatever. But that was some advice that she was given. 
And so that sparked this morning's discussion, and you're right, April. I've definitely seen people go back and forth. We have a lot of Facebook uh, posts that I'm actually going to share on the show due to getting that same back and forth that, that you've seen. Um, I'll give my quick little take before we go to our first break. Um, Marry for security, not for love. And a lot of people are saying, well, you know, just like she said, what about both? And I don't think it has to be a, necessarily an either or, but I think it's worth kind of discussing what people are thinking, at least in my opinion, when it comes to the either or. And it's some of what you had to say, April. Um, and I'll just kind of personally say that I do think it falls in line when you see that question asked. I think it does fall in line with, some of what you had to say, April, in reference to how we've seen marriage in the, in the past, per se, uh, what exactly um, are people marrying for in this case, because Tani said it, and particularly the woman, is, is she marrying for love or security, that type of thing? I don't know that this question is often asked of men, but I do think it applies to us as well. And so we're going to go to this first break, and when we come back, we're going to open up the whole bag, and we got people out there on the phone line. So we're going to hopefully have a lively show and get all these different opinions from people listening. If you're online listening, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that number is 646-787-1691. And we'll get you on. We'll, you have to press 1 to let us know that you want to speak. But we'll keep reiterating that throughout this morning's show. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Karate for Children is offered every Sunday at Mount Vernon Presbyterian Church Gymnasium from 2.45 to 4.15 p.m. for ages 5 to 14 years old. Children will learn Japanese karate as well as self-defense prevention skills to handle today's situation, like bullying and child abductions. For only $10 a class, children will gain confidence, self-control, and focus, all while having fun and getting good physical fitness. There are no bench warmers because everyone participates. Come join our family every Sunday at 471 Mount Vernon Highway, Northeast, Sandy Springs, Georgia, 30328. For more information, call B-Champs at 770-643-1286. Again, that number is Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, Tiny Harris says, marry for security, not for love. Special guest, April Jackson. I just realized the cut for whatever is not going to play, so I'll just, again, just kind of give my version of how I remember the cut. I don't quite know what's going on with the cut. Sorry about that. But basically, again, this discussion comes from her and T.I. on his podcast, Expeditionally, and she basically, the short version of what she said was that, I think she said when she was around 16, um, Candy, you know, if y'all know her, one of her members within her um, group years ago, it was Escape, I think, 
uh, when they were growing up, her Candy's mother told her when she was 16 to don't marry for love, marry for security. So that's what she said. And T.I.'s response, again, I wish I could have played the cut, but for reasons I'm not able to play it this morning, his response was he thought that that was, in a sense, he looked at it as, as he said on the show, an and, and, and OG giving her the game. He was saying that men didn't get this type of game, whereas, in a sense, women are conditioned and getting taught, in a sense, how to prepare, in a sense, for, I guess, marriage per se. And he was like, as a man, nobody gave him that game, and he thought it was impressive that Candy's mother had told Tiny that years ago in her teenage years. So, Latrice, we'll start back with you. Again, I hate that I couldn't play the cut, but I think I gave a relatively good sum. Matter of fact, April, tell me, you, 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 the cut was on your page first. So, did I miss anything yeah. on the cut? Let me go back to you because I know you heard the cut as well. I wish I could have played it. I intended to play it. But make, if I left out anything, go ahead and jump in, April. I'll let you yeah, sum it up because I may have missed something. Oh, no, you pretty much summed it up um, pretty well. Like, um, she was saying that Candy's, I think, uh, mother or grandmother had said um, to her that she she should marry for um, security and not love. And, you know, T.I. kind of gave her, like, the side eye, like, oh, so you had an OG kind of, like, giving you game. And she, and then kind of, Tiny tried to retract her statement and was like, no, I didn't, I didn't marry you for security. I married you for, you know, I got both with you. So... That kind of like something up what it was said, but to hear the clip, it's it's pretty epic. So. Yeah, yeah, I hate that I couldn't play it. But, Trish, I'm going to let you know there's something in the background on your – I, I try to figure it out, and there's something kind of – I don't know if you're in the air or something's in the background on yours, and it's kind of coming out on the air just to let you know. Okay, I'm not sure what it is because I'm sitting in a quiet room. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'll try to figure it out. I think it's definitely uh, coming on your line. But either way, let's see if we can, you know, go ahead and anyway, anyway, that's kind of what's the summary of what you, again, I wanted to play, um, if you will, uh, just kind of give us your thoughts. And, you know, I don't know if you actually seen the cut, but, you know, I think it's I kind did. of telling, in a sense, how T.I. saw it as well. I think I saw somebody say uh, she, she was going to continue talking, but he kind of cut off her and said, oh, that's you know, OG gave you the game, so he kind of cut her off and gave his point, too. But anyway, any thoughts about her getting that game at 16, as she said, on that cut? Um, I think that a lot of women um, in the 40s and 50s, my age, well, that age range, not that time period, um, received that advice. My grandmother told me something very similar. And I think a lot of it's born from the fact that many of them married for love and we're left holding the bag, you know, raising kids as single parents. And um, I think there is some relevancy to that statement. I also think that if you're able to get both, that's great. But I think it begins with assessing when you meet someone and you're about to get into a relationship, whether we are the same, whether we're on the same page from a goal-related aspect of things. Because if we're not, then it's no need for me to go any further and seeing if our relationship will develop into a love-type relationship. Because for our community, it really is about building economic power. And when a black couple comes together, that needs to be one of the primary focal points of their relationship. And if I can't count on you and you can't count on me, 
then that's going to create um, economic instability, and, and as a result, it's going to um, create instability in the relationship. Uh, fair enough. April, if I recall, you were taken back by Tiny's statement. If you don't mind sharing your feelings about her statement, just candidly as, as you will, but again, that's how I recall you, but you can obviously share it yourself. What are your, your <laughs> thoughts on Tiny's statement when you first heard it? Um, when I first heard Tiny's statement, um, I was just kind of like, uh, I kind of disagree. Like, um, I feel like first and foremost, and like with my grandparents and with my mom and my father, um, I was just always kind of taught to uh, marry for love. Um, I think sometimes, especially nowadays, we get too caught up in like the financials. Oh, you know, I want this. I want this man that has this amount of money that can take care of me. But it ends up being like a loveless marriage, and maybe that's one of the reasons why divorce is so high. But um, I feel like um, you should marry for love, and security can come because that's always buildable. It's kind of hard to try to make yourself love someone just because they're supporting you financially. And um, just witnessing in my parents, like my mom and dad, like, you know, uh, when they met, they didn't really have much, but they, they loved each other. And um, with them getting married, they started building together, and now they live a really great life. Like, I always feel like stability is fixable. Finances is fixable. So I don't really agree with Tiny. It's great if you can get both, but um, I feel like love should be the basis of all marriage because God is love. So, Hey, fair enough. Now, when I hear both of you, I'm going to tell you a couple of things that cross my mind, and I'll let y'all jump in as you feel the need, and we'll open up the phone lines as well. If you're on the phone lines, press 1 to let us know you want to speak. We've got a lot of people on the line, but you do need to press 1 if you want to speak, and we'll get your thoughts in as well. But as I listen to you, for example, Latrice, when you talked about the advice that you were given because you felt like maybe the generation before you was left holding the bag, to me that was a little surprising because I'll tell you, I think, in a sense, this love thing is, a, in a sense, a newer phenomenon. And I say love thing from the standpoint of it becoming a focal point, as we kind of hear April mention from her standpoint, of it becoming a focal point. Because in my mind, I always thought historically, and just again, this is just a thought that I had, that historically, when I think of my grandparents, my great-grandparents, to a certain extent, that security was a huge part of it, especially due to the economics of, you know, a, a woman being able to, in a sense, make it in the world and how men, you know, were allowed to have jobs and women, in a sense, may have had jobs, often menial jobs, so a lot of times not being able to, in a sense, make it. I'm not saying they couldn't make it themselves, but you know what I mean as far as the differences. And so because that difference was so stark historically, I've always thought security was a major part of it historically. So I was a little surprised to hear you say that your generation ahead of you felt like they were left holding the bag. So just again, that's something that kind of stood out uh, when, when you first said that. Any thoughts on, on kind of how, how I see, I thought it in a sense was running concurrent or continuous, if you will. And you're saying actually with the generation before you that, that they realize, Hey, this may not be the correct way to go. You know, again, that's how I heard you. Go ahead, Queen. And that is exactly what I meant. Now, I do want to clarify that I'm not into these um, traditional gender roles, and you know that. Um, I do believe that, you know, if that's who you are and that's what you stand for, then by all means you do that. But I think, um, and it could be because of the life stage that I'm in as well. My kids are all adults, um, that 
you both need to bring something to the table as far as the advice that my grandmother gave me when I think about um, the dynamics of single parenthood and when that began. Um, it, you know, when you think about Gen Xers, we're, we're the latchkey kids. We're the ones who were moms, but a lot of them mm-hmm. were single parents, had to go out and, and work and bring in the bacon. And so for me, I think that they married initially or got involved in relationships for love. And when that failed, they fell back and said, okay, let me teach my daughters how they can better themselves and not fall into the same situation that I've fallen into so they can live a better life than I've lived and their children can have better opportunities afforded to them than I have had afforded to me. Uh, Makes sense. April, now if I understand part of what I think I heard you say, and you can clarify this for me, but I think you're saying, again, you have been told to marry for love. I think that's what you explained. And you also have parents who are who I who if I'm understanding you correctly, you've kind of seen them make it that way. As you say, they kind of started with nothing. They stayed together. And so I, I it sounds like you're coming from your perspective is from an example that you've actually seen. I think that's kind of what I'm hearing. But my, here's my question to you, because I hear this always posed when we have this discussion, the concept that uh, within a marriage, love, for example, is a feeling that in a sense, can come and go. It's an emotion that I've heard plenty of people say often that alone won't sustain you. And so when I hear those type of comments, how do you feel about that, considering your belief that Tiny was incorrect in suggesting this as a, a method to marry, if you will? Well, I definitely understand that um, love comes and goes, but I also feel like, too, um, Marrying for stability, as a woman, you should, and even as a man, you should have your own bag, like, so you won't have to worry about stability um, from somebody, because, you know, I've seen plenty of times where um, just people I know, um, they'll marry somebody for security, and they'll give up their whole life and stop pursuing what they want, um, because, you know, I have this man that, you know, is going to take care of me, we're good, this, that, and the other, and of course, like what you all said, love fizzes out, and then they're left with nothing. And that's another point why my family or my grandparents and my my mother tell me you don't marry for stability because you're supposed to have your own in the first place. Um, nobody can mold your life but you. So I just I just kind of and and it's weird coming from Tiny because Tiny was already successful before Ti. Like Ti kind of came later in the game. Like. Uh, with uh, Tiny, she's been in the R&B, the music game for years, even before mm-hmm. T.I. became as popular as he, he is. So that kind of threw me off, too, because I'm like, Tiny, you don't have to marry for stability because you already have it. T.I. was just that, a great addition to what you already, to, like, the success that you had. He just went a little, he's just um, been riding a little bit longer than she has. So so here's a, here's a good point. And it's something that, matter of fact, I'll sp- expound on something that was further in the actual um podcast. I wasn't going to share it on here a cut or anything, but he talked about that in reference to the both of them, that her own success and his own success. And what he ended up saying initially, you know, about that was because they were successful on their own, he was trying to, in a sense, give credit to the concept that, so that means we both want to be here. And and he thought that that was, a, you know, something that he really wanted to highlight. He was like, so that means because you're, you've done well, you didn't need me for security, as you're saying, and obviously, you know, I've done well, and here's kind of the proof in the pudding between the two of us. We want to be here. 
Tani actually still corrected him. I mean, in, at least from her perspective, I felt like she was giving. She thought she was in a sense corrected him in the sense that she talked about similar to your parents, as you mentioned, how she knows people who are happy, who in a sense have come up together and were not in a sense, as y'all keep using the term, or you're using the term as you like to use, many will say the bag. So she was saying that she still <laughs> saw very, you know, in a sense, happy marriages that included, you know, coming up in a sense together, not already having the bag secured. And in a sense, she saw happiness in that. And I think that's how I understood that part of it. So just kind of throwing that out that, um, what about, in a sense, those kind of marriages? The, 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 like your parents, in a sense, maybe they wasn't as established. Because if I'm hearing you correctly now, it's like, okay, now it would be wait until you're established, both. And then there's the concept of those who are trying to figure it out together, or maybe they come up together. Uh, any thoughts on that, April, and, and you as well, um, Latrice? Oh, uh, Latrice, you want to go first, or you want me to say sure. something first? Um, I, I can go. As far as, so from my perspective, it's not about him having his, having secured the bag, if you will. It's not about that. It's about at least having the ambition and the plan to execute so that you can ultimately get to that level in life. I believe that Absolutely. a couple that has, that has mutual goal building type relationships, then the, if they are, if they haven't secured the bag, they will together. And that's the kind of relationship that I'm referring to. I'm not, I'm not saying that a woman should go out here seeking someone who's already secured the bag and he's driving this and he lives in that and he wears this. I'm saying you find someone that has, has that plan ready to execute. And then I'm going to come to come along and we're going to build this thing together, build our empire together. So now that's what I'm talking about. April, what are you talking about? I think they got already they already got to have a bag the way you talking now. That's what it sounds like to me. I'm just saying that's what it sounds like. Oh no no no! I don't even have my bag yet all the way. So how can I expect you know have these high expectations and you know I don't even I'm not even at that level. But no, I I definitely agree with Latrice. Like um, when that post circulated, I saw a lot of women. <laughs> Like, especially on social media, like, oh, he better have his own bag and this, that, and other. And I'm looking at these women like, wait a minute, like, you don't even, like, do you even have a bank account before you, like, you talking about you want him to have a bag. But um, I feel like that when you kind of come up together, like, I wouldn't say, I don't want to make it seem like struggle love, but it's kind of like you, you all are building together and you're getting to know your strengths and your weaknesses, so um, it, it just makes the ride more enjoyable. But when you have somebody who, you know, they already have their money and they already had their own separate journey and you've had your separate journey, but you have your own money, I just feel like it's kind of harder to, to like, build because you all kind of weren't there with each other from day one. So um, just I definitely agree with Latrice. Like, I'd rather for us to build together and just, excuse me, um, come together as one. Like, not in the sense that, oh, he got to have his own money and this, that, and the other. Nah, like, um, but I have seen a lot of women say that they want a man who's already established or already has his so-called bag, but they don't have anything. And that's the part that I don't agree with. If you're marrying for stability for a man to take care of you because you don't have your own stuff together, that's where I see the problem at and you wanting stability. Because a man is not a financial plan for your life. You're supposed to have a little bit of your own. 
So what about I don't here's here's what about this perspective. I just want to hear y'all thoughts on it. So and I'm not mm-hmm. saying this is where every man stands, but I think to a certain extent, a lot of men, especially historically, have never cared about in a sense part of what you're saying right now, April. The idea of yep. you as the woman having to have to bag yourself, or and, and I, I hear you saying that that you think it's an unfair standard for a woman to look for that, but she hasn't, in a sense, secured it herself. I think it somewhat negates the idea of you coming up together, at least in my opinion, the way I'm hearing it, or maybe I'm hearing it incorrectly, mm-hmm. but I'm just throwing out that a lot of times, and again, I don't. I think men are changing on this, but I'll say that for the most part, historically, that's not been, that hasn't been a concern of men in the past. It's definitely changing today, but it hasn't been in the past. And so I don't know that men in general look for the woman to have secured the bag before the idea of getting married. So I just think it negates some of what I'm hearing you say. Any thoughts on we got about a minute, a little over a minute before we go to the next break. All the callers out there, you do have to press 1 if you want to get in on the discussion. We have a lot of callers. Please press 1 to let us know you want to speak. Go ahead, Ace. Um, Like, I'm coming from the standpoint of a – I'm 30 years old. So, you know, I'm young. Um, I know with my generation nowadays, I, I guess maybe because I'm, I'm growing up in the IV generation and everybody balling and this, that, and the other um, – Older men, not so much, but guys my age and younger, a lot of men expect women to, and and I've seen this, um, they want women to have their own bag and have their own money, but the reason why it's gotten to this is because, hate to say it, there's so many women that try to kind of leech off men. Like, you might see the posts, like, for example, on social media that women go, like, out with men for free meals, and a lot of women try to, like, run hustle on guys. So now it's becoming to the point at one time men didn't mind providing for women and, you know, like, being that umbrella. But with everything going on and the nature of how some of us millennials think, now it's like guys want a lot of women to, well, I want you to have your own so I know you're not trying to live off of me or trying to, like, take me to the bank, especially in the era of single motherhood. It's, like, really becoming a problem. So with the older generations, no, most most older guys I talk to that, you know, in their forties, fifties, you know, that's not that's not a big deal. They're like, hey, I understand where you uh, where you're at right now, trying to find yourself. I was once there, but people my age, it's just like you better have your own. Like, I actually met one guy who told me um, he was making six figures. He said that he doesn't want a woman that's making no less than seventy five thousand a year, or he won't talk to you because he oh, wants wow. you to have your so own actually, bag. Let's do this. We yeah. Actually- yeah, we have to get to the break. I definitely want to dig into that dynamic and at least give my opinions of why I think some of that's changed. And I don't know that it's necessarily a good thing, in my opinion. I definitely want to hear Patrice's thoughts. If you're on the line, you will need to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think.
their latest hit, I Really Want You by Taylor Pace. Take a listen. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's guest co-host, Latrice Ross, special guest, April Jackson, for this morning's discussion question. Tani Harris says, marry for security, not for love. What say you, all these callers out there, please listen closely. You have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. So before the break, Latrice she kind of gave a little insight to what she experiences as a millennial uh, out here with guys being a little concerned about, and, we, and, and this is, I saw this all week long. I saw this idea of this question, in a sense, the idea of, a, in a sense, a woman possibly being a gold digger. So she says in her era, the younger men are more or less like, I don't want someone just, in a sense, milking me for a meal. Like that seems to be a concern. So when you hear her kind of lay out what seems to be different for her generations versus, you know, we, we I think we're kind of in between, if you will, uh, Latrice, I think to a certain extent uh, for, for you and I, just knowing traditionally, like as she said, men kind of that was just understood that that's what they were going to do. And I think, you know, we experienced men kind of balancing between that and some of what we're hearing April say, but your thoughts on how it's changed and why, in a sense, these younger men seeming to be very concerned that the woman has hers. Uh, any thoughts on that? Did I lose the truth? I may have lost it. Uh, just lost the truth. She should be calling back in real quick. So I'm going to give you a, a little bit of my thoughts until um, Latrice gets back in. She just dropped, unfortunately. I'll get her back on in a second. Um, so, April, when I listen to what you said, here's some of what I think is going into uh, what you're talking about. And I definitely think, and I definitely know, I shouldn't say think, but I know that a lot of men speak that way. I don't want a woman just, in a sense, uh, you know, getting me for a meal. And, again, I think I'm, you know, a little older than you came up with that in-between and can admit that I learned that not from watching my grandfather's relationship who was married to my grandmother for over 40 years and in a sense was that traditional man. My, my grandmother did work, um, but for the most part, he covered things or whatever. And, you know, and I, and I, my mother had me young. So I saw in a sense, a lot of men from that generation that was their perspective. I definitely recall personally myself kind of coming up and guys kind of saying, you don't want you know, in a sense, a woman to take advantage of you. And so I definitely remember going through a, a period where I, too, was very concerned about, in a sense, spending money on someone, in a sense, who didn't desire me back and things of that nature. But what I would always do if if I 
in a sense, saw, saw a young woman who I thought had the potential, and I really liked her to the extent that, you know, I want, I, I might consider making her my girl. That was, in a sense, the one that I, in a sense, was happy to, a sense, take out on dates and things of that nature. But if I wasn't quite sure or, you know, to be honest, didn't see you like that, I did. I wasn't about taking you out on dates because, I didn't see you or put you on that pedestal of this young lady that I might try to make mine. So are young men still doing that, or are they, are they totally different for, for, for your generation, if you will? Um, do, do I think it's the same as um, when you were, like when you were kind of going through the motions at 30 or – Right. Well, I, well, like I said, even when I was younger, I just remember even in my high school years and my early twenties, like I, I, I would only make the distinction for a young lady who I thought I could might make my girl. Like that's who I didn't mind taking out. But I definitely made an effort not to take out women who I didn't see in that light. I, I, I because that's what the guy said. You don't let a woman use you. Like these were the things yeah. that I was getting taught by my friends in the streets per se. And so I was wondering. I think I see now when I watch. <laughs> a lot of those dialogues that, you know, like there's not, it's not a lot of dating going on at all. Like regardless of no. even if it ends up turning into a relationship, whereas I'm saying we, I did try to distinguish if I thought I liked her enough to try to date her, I would take her out. But I can admit, I did not like taking out sisters who I didn't see as a potential girlfriend, you know, be, you know, let's, and let's keep it 100. This is the middle dialogue. If I saw them as a sex mate, I would yeah. go after him, but I wasn't taking him out if I could. I mean, I, you know what I mean? I'm being very sincere. Like, yeah. so I, I made a distinction, <laughs> and I was wondering, is it like that, or you don't? nobody's taking you out these days? That's what I'm trying to understand. I would say it like this from, you know, like as a millennial, um, I'm finding, and, you know, I, like I, I can't really get mad at the brothers for, for you know, kind of feeling that way because I've, I've heard some crazy stuff. Like I hang out with a lot of men. <laughs> I have uncles. I grew up in a male-dominated household, but um, a lot of men aren't really, I'm not going to say they're not, but they're very careful, even with the women that they like. It's like, I feel like men nowadays, they're very careful about who they spend money on because a lot of men are afraid of, for one, being hurt and, you know, being taken advantage of. So even if they see a woman that they want and they want to take out, they kind of still kind of like pause, like, okay, if I take her out, is she trying to finesse me for a free meal? What is she doing? So it's kind of like men tiptoe around that compared to back in the day where, you know, like, excuse me saying that, where if they saw a girl, hey, they would immediately take her out. Like men got to move a lot differently because I hate to say it, some of some of these women's agendas out here is just not always, you know, good. And, and it's unfortunate because it shouldn't be that way for both parties. Women shouldn't be taking advantage of men. And, you know, men shouldn't be have to be worrying about, like, you know, is this girl, if I'm taking this girl out, does she really like me or is she trying to finesse a free meal at Ruth Chris? Like, you know, so. Right. It's, so it's what I'll say, I got a caller. We're gonna go. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. But I'm going to say this to you very quick. Yeah, I'm going to say this to you very quickly. I think the stuff I was raised with, just so you know, now that I'm mature, I think was straight BS. I think, you know, just to, just to share that with you, uh, just from the stand. Yeah, here it is from the standpoint that uh, that uh, that you as a woman are worthy of being taken out and of being courted. Like you know, that's what's missing from the game when it comes. And I think I all applies to this discussion. Let's go to the caller. We also have Latrice back on as well. 
Hi, everyone. Um, I am, my opinion is that I will marry for security, um, for stability, for anything other than love. I believe that that's just an emotion, and I think oftentimes when we make a decision based off the emotion, it may not be the best decision. I was also raised by my father that that is the duty of the man. So I'm not going to go against how I was raised and what my belief is just because men today may have some sort of anxiety wondering if I'm really there or if I'm there for your quote-unquote money. So I agree with Tiny. Latrice, any thoughts? Okay. So um, I think that um, part of the reason why we see this dynamic is because a lot of men have seen other men, their dads, their uncles, or whomever, get taken advantage of. That's some of the conversation I've had with some of my male friends. Others have heard their mothers give their sisters that game as well. And so they're like, you know what? I'm not feeling that. It's even evolved to my generation. Like I was speaking with a guy on the phone um, one day, and he was saying, well, this is what I have, this is what I've done, and this is what I've accomplished. So if you don't have that, then um, we just, you know, we'll, I'll just wait and find mm-hmm. someone on my level. And I had to correct him and say, look, I'm not looking for a benefactor. I have my own. Um, but to me, that's, a, you know, I'm 51. So for me, that's an immediate turnoff for me. So the conversation, that was not a second conversation for us. Because I need, you know, there were some aspects of him that really wouldn't fit in with who I am. I'm a corporate professional, and he was not. And so there was, you know, you've accomplished what you have, but still you won't fit into my world successfully either. So I'm going to keep it moving too. So I think that we as women have reached a point where we are also being um, more discerning and more selective in the people that we bring into our lives. So let me throw this out there because I think this is a big factor, and um, I'm glad to have you on this morning um, calling in. And so I want to, you know, kind of get this out while I have you as well and all of you kind of pipe in on it. And so if Domingo says for her she was raised that way, she will marry for security, and she says she won't, in a sense, go against it. Well, the reality is worldwide, just to throw it out there and not to – get into a whole nother subject, but to throw it out there. But worldwide, about 60% of marriages worldwide are arranged, right? And so those type of cultures are fully taking in security and long-time generational securing, the, in a sense, the bag, not just for self but for the next generation. And so I know that, in a sense, is something that is already covered. And on this show in the past, on other shows about this, we've talked about the idea of marrying in a sense for purpose before in a sense before love. And I think that's what I think I, I hear you talking about Domingo when you says, say, I, I will marry for security. The one thing that seems to come out in the quote unquote successful arranged marriages, people I've been fortunate to talk to, and this is the part where I want you all to jump in is when I've heard those who in a sense are successful, at least again, talking to them, what happens from from that perspective is when you're in that situation with somebody who's just committed to the who is just as committed to that purpose and those children the way that you are that a lot of times the love does grow because of a different understanding of 
what marriage stands for versus maybe how we see it in Western society. So I found some of those arranged marriages to have love in the later years in a way that I think the way we learn about marriage would, would, would kind of would surprise. It definitely surprised me when I when I when I was fortunate enough to meet couples who who admitted that they didn't even necessarily even like each other the first few oh, weeks, God. you know, per se, when really? they were trying to figure it out. But now they were love in love with each other. So it was definitely surprising to me to get exposed to that thought. To me, I'll let you kind of respond first as our, you know, as, as the caller, caller, if you will. Oh, well, yeah, um, I pretty much agree with what you're saying. Um, to me, marriage is a contract, much like a business one. So it's about the compatibility of two people, in my opinion. Um, It's about everyone is on the same page as far as the expectations of each other and the standards. Love at some point, I believe that love will come later on at some point, especially if your partner and you are on the same page, you're you're handling your business. Like you said, you're taking care of the children and he's, he's caring for you. He's respectful. What is there not to love? I'm not real big on the whole, you know, you have to be in love with someone to marry them. I just, I think that um, when you do that, when you do that, when you base decisions off your emotions, then you're not thinking clearly because oftentimes we'll still stay with a person or we'll still even marry someone simply because we love them but then they don't have the other stuff. There's no caring. There's no respect. I would rather have all of that versus the love, versus that whole in love, ooh, 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 ooh. I'm just, I don't know. It's just my opinion. I, I, I can't get with the marrying for the love thing. I just can't. Because that's hey, not I respect important than everything yeah. else that's on the table. Hey, I respect. We, we, we welcome all opinions on the show. Thank you for calling all me, right. Queen. We're actually up against the break already again. So I'll let both April and Latrice respond to what Demina had to say coming out of the break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, but all I ask is that you think. We'll be right back. MoneyMotivation.com is fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Oh, how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. 
Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still go with me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Even walk like money. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host, Patricia Ross. Our special guest is April Jackson. This morning's discussion question. Tani Harris says, married for security, not for love. What say you, our last caller, the nigga says, hey, she ain't with all that love stuff. Any thoughts, April, from you being the, the one who says this is this is what gets you through. So I want to hear your thoughts first, and then I'll listen to Patricia respond as well. You know, um, I, I get what she's saying, but I, I know for me personally and just what I've seen, um, like, you know, the basis for love and marriage or excuse me, for marriage is love. And um for me I don't I don't really look at um marriage as a contract because you know, I haven't ever been married, but I go off what I see with my parents and you know, they've been married for thirty some years, like still happily in love. And I feel like when a man when how should I say this? When there's love first, when you really love each other, a man is willing to work hard because he sees that you're happy and more than likely if a woman's happy with her husband, she's gonna make life enjoyable for him. So he has no mind. He has he has no problem going hard to support for the family and whatnot. But I feel like sometimes people make it seem like that's supposed to be a job for a man, like a contract. It's a job, and I just I really don't agree with that because you know even kind of in the Bible it doesn't say you know that you marry for stability. You marry first for love, and everything else from there like you know kind of builds. So I, I just still have to just disagree with that. Latrice, we got so Brother Pucky on again as well. I'm going to let your thoughts, and then we'll get to the caller. Okay. I'm actually – I agree with – what's her name? Tamika? Um, the, I think uh, Dominga, that marriage Dominga. is a contract. Dominga? I think that marriage is a contract. Yes. Um, I think that, while love is great, um, I think it is – it sometimes clouds our judgment. Um, I often tell people when I, when I got on a date and men are being um, somewhat – aggressive in trying to um, initiate a sexual encounter, I told him, nope, I don't do that because that clouds my judgment. For women, when a woman has sex with a guy, um, her body secretes oxytocin, which is a love hormone, and that clouds our judgment because we want to make, we want to have that feeling again, and so we're going to overlook those red flags, and we're going to overlook those things that should give us pause before continuing, and so to me, that negates the whole love thing. If I'm with you and we're stable and we're we're working together and accomplishing our goals, to me that love will grow. Now, fair thoughts again. We welcome all the opinions, you know. And and I'll throw this out. We'll go to Brother Tiaki. I'll throw out that it's a, it's a, something that I've put up on the IG page before, and the thought is just simply: love is strong enough to have you marry the wrong person you know what i mean it's definitely a strong emotion and we definitely have propped it up especially in today's society whether it's movies whether it's romance books to the extent that it's the end all be all and i can admit in my younger years at the same age as april i was completely all about that and now that i'm 
45, trying to get this figured out, still want to have a family. I think that it may have been wrong to be, in a sense, all about that. Now, myself, I was, I didn't, in a sense, love didn't, in a sense, make me the, marry the wrong person. But a couple of people I wanted to, had I done so, I don't know that we would have made it. But, you know, but at times I was definitely caught up in this thing called love. So definitely changing on it. Hopefully, hopefully, still figuring out. Definitely wanted to be a part of my relationship, but I look at it again now. I have this concept of purpose before love, and I also think historically, that purpose aspect, that legacy aspect, is all, in my opinion, is what historically marriage has been about. And I think maybe we've lost sight of that, in my personal opinion. Let's go. We got a couple of callers. Let's go to them. Brother Fiaki, what you got for us this morning? Thanks a lot, Kane, for calling in. I tell you, I didn't know you weren't married. I thought you were. Now, I haven't been fortunate enough to get me a, a queen yet, but that's on me. I got to get some things in order so that I can <laughs> provide security, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead, well, kid. you know, I married my 10-year-old neighborhood sweetheart. And uh, it was with her a long time before she passed away. I think the families should do background checks on whoever it is that not only your children are talking about dating, less long talking about marrying. And just because of the emotions, but uh, I'd done that with my daughter. My first two choices, I said, nope. Then the third guy, he was pretty nice, come from a good family and so on and so on. But, you know, uh, those who still... I tell brothers, if you're still looking for a traditional type of settings in marriage, go to West Africa, like I did on my second wife. Uh, The things that you hear people talk about, uh, the purposes and traditions and so forth. And and so you just don't go and tell a woman that I want to marry. You have to go through a process. And Basically, the process is their family checking out. You don't go to her directly. You go to either a brother or another male member. Then, of course, you got to you marrying the whole family. There's certain right. things you have to do before it can even be uh, sanctioned, should I say. So, uh, for those who want to stay in the United States, and because of the, the way things have changed, then that's perfectly fine. But for those who want to uh, get back to some of the traditions that you probably have heard, like grandma and grandma have. Go to West Africa. For you to yeah, find over there, huh, King? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, always, as always, thank you for your three cents. I, I, I definitely you. think it aptly applies. I'm sorry, did you have one other thought? One other, I'll let you get like, another caller as well, but I'll let you get your last thought in. No, no, that was it. I agree with you. Uh, I'm looking. Send me that invitation. <laughs> Sounds good. I will. I, yeah, I, if I figure it out, Brother Pianca, you will definitely get an invite. Absolutely. That will happen. Thanks a lot, King. So, hey, Brother Pianca says, for those looking for the traditions, hey, consider outside of the United States. I definitely hear that advice given quite often, again, for those who are looking for that, not saying that everybody is. Let's go to another caller. Area code five zero two last three two eight three. Give us your name and where you're calling from.
Area code five zero two, last three two eight three. You're live on the oh. air. I'm sorry, that was my technical difficulty. This is Brand House, man. How you doing, my boy? Hey, what's up, B4? How you doing, King? What you got for us? Hey, you know, um, I came in probably about 20 minutes ago, and it, it's a lot to to think about when you talk about this. So I, I try to keep it tight. But several years ago, uh, speaking of the contract piece of, of marriage, several years ago, 60 Minutes did a uh, highlighted a a couple and was uh, highlighting this concept of prenuptial agreement, not in the classic sense of I'm going to take mine if we don't work, but it was the prenuptial agreement of a contract almost of how we're going to make this work. And this guy had one that was really, it it seems really extreme. He was saying, you know, we're going to wake up at uh, 6 o'clock every morning. We're going to take a walk together. You know, we're going to have three date nights. Um, uh, His was extreme. It was three date nights a week. Mm -hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so it, it had things like that. You know what I mean? We talk about all spending mm-hmm. over fifteen hundred dollars and all this. And, and while it seems extreme to having it because it's in a contract and you telling me what I got to do, it's all those things that we would look for in a relationship. You know what I mean? That and when you nice. get two people, you know what I'm saying? When you get two people together like mm-hmm. that, um, that's and they both agree. I'm gonna say in a sense while and I've met some folks who've been around the world and met folks in traditional marriages or in uh, arranged marriages, I think while we don't have a name, we all come into relation come into the relationship um uh, space of an arranged marriage. I don't have a name of who I want to fit these blocks, but they gotta fit these blocks and that that's what I arranged in that's my mind do they fit my do they fit my arrangement? Mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And, no, uh, it makes a lot and, of sense. So when we go into when we talk about an arranged marriage, and you hear about people saying, "I'm married, and I, I've um, uh, learned to love him over a period of time," the the arrangement was about security and marrying the the multiple families uh, that are coming together, bringing the, together those two families, whether it's kings and imperial England, France, and all that, or are we talking about the Middle East, but. Mm-hmm. What you also doing is saying I'm going to learn to love this person, and that's we all looking for. There's a balance, I think, where somebody says I'm going to go into it for security, and that's it. I don't care about love. At the end of the day, you're going to ask yourself, how long am I willing to just put up with the security stuff for the stuff that I'm not getting on the emotional side? And everybody is different, and everybody balances that differently, I think. So, it, and I and I leave you with this. I think. I went to a college um, where my freshman year, it was mostly male college, they brought females in for the dance, you know, so we would have have uh, the, you know, the interaction with the opposite sex and obviously somebody to dance with. But you had women that, there was, that comes from an old concept of what are you majoring in at this women's college? I'm majoring in marriage to the college across the the uh, across town at the boys' college. I don't know if you're familiar with that concept, but that that has been out there before. And that conf- that where we are now is on the tail end of, of a conflict of uh, the women's movement. So I'm getting a little broader here, but the women's movement mm-hmm. conflicting with traditional marriage. You know what I'm saying? I can do for myself. No, absolutely. I ain't gotta. I ain't gotta have this. But at the same time. There are emotional needs that I would like to uh, to uh, have satisfied, 
and what am I willing to sacrifice? And I think that's the sum. That's what those are the thoughts that came up as you all were talking about this. And I know it's a lot, but um, it, it is no, always no, a no, I love it. I love it. We're gonna peel back a lot of it. Yeah, we're gonna peel back a lot of it. And I don't know what your time is like. Right now, I, don't have, I got a lot of people out there, but they're not trying to get in. I'll keep you on if you got a second, because I definitely want to hear what both we're at the top of the hour, so we obviously got to go to a break. But I want to hear what Latrice and April have to say about some of what you had to say. And if if you got a second, I'll keep you on for a little while if you're good with that. Okay, and I'm going to be driving in a minute, so I'm going to have you on speakerphone. Please. Yeah, no problem. Like I said, we, yeah, we may not get to you if the yeah, people are trying to get in. I have to let you go. But while they're not trying to get in, I'm going to let you, I'm gonna keep you on just in case you get a chance to respond to what April or um, – Trees has to say, let's go to this quick break and we'll be right back. Listening to the Mr. Right. Dialogue Talk Show. All I ask is that you think. We'll be right back. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. Back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. If you are a long-time listener, you know that Square Business Entertainment is one of our long-time sponsors. And every 30 days, they're hitting you with a new hit. I'm loving this new Taylor Place morning. Uh, definitely go check them out at Square Business Entertainment on YouTube, and you can get some of these beautiful tunes that you're hearing. So I just kind of use it as the backdrop this morning. I wanted to highlight uh, the music that you're hearing, where it's coming from. This morning's discussion question, Tiny Harris says, marry for security, not for love. What say you? We had a caller, uh, Brent House, I call him B-Funk, make some amazing comments in my opinion, but I'll start with you, Latrice. Any thoughts about what Brent had to say? We do have another caller, and we still have Brent available as well, so we may get back to him. Go ahead, Latrice. Any thoughts about what Brent brought to the table? Because I, I love that concept of the idea that in reality we we have things that we want to arrange going into our situation ourselves. We just kind of maybe don't look at it this way. And I thought it was beautiful how you highlighted what had happened at, with just 60 Minutes because I definitely have heard the concept of marriage negotiation, and quite often that negotiation is figuring out, as he said in that example, what are the things that we might do that are favorable and as well as 
our differences, how will we resolve that a lot of people uh, are, who are not familiar with that tradition that some of these marriages have, they kind of go in it and wing it, whereas in advance with the contract, as you say, Latrice, those are the things that can be talked out, which is kind of can be foreign to the way we seem to be doing it in general here in America, if you will. Any thoughts, um, Latrice? Oh, we got her. She dropped again. <laughs> and that happens on the phone lines. April, any thoughts to what Brooke no, um, had to say? Okay, okay. I, thought, yeah, I thought we had lost you again. Go, yeah, I can hear you now. Go yeah, ahead, Queen. No. Okay. Now, what I was saying was that um, I actually agree with him, and I've actually brought that concept up in, in the, one of the groups that I'm in where we discuss, um, you know, having a, a premarital contract where you negotiate the things that you expect. Um, from your spouse and then the things that you are going to obligate yourself to live up to. And, you know, and it's funny because the women didn't like that. The men loved the idea, but the women didn't. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, no, it should be traditional, it should be whatever. But they, the women were maligning me left and right. But the guys were like, yeah, I think that's great. And, um, so I thought that was an interesting. I thought that the women would actually be more on board with that, but they weren't. All right. But I agree any with thoughts you. to what? Uh, any thoughts to what uh, Carla had to say? Um, I definitely agree with them. Um, and I guess what they call it is before you get married, like um, pastoral like counseling. Um, I was reading someplace that before you get married, anyway, you should go through some type of counseling to kind of like talk everything out and kind of get a feel for what both of you ex- uh, expect within the marriage. So. I definitely agree. Like, if you all are mutually agreeing on, like, you know, um, going out on dates, um, you know, most men are very sexual, so most men expect to have a certain amount of sex um, during the week and everything like that. I, I, I definitely agree. I see no problem with it because you're eliminating any problems before you come in because you can't hey, let me get throw this out. and be like, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. I no, no, you say, guys, I thought um, you were finished. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no. Um, I, I was saying, so that way, when you get into marriage and you're not doing this, you can't say, well, I didn't know, because before you all already got married, you went through counseling or you kind of like made a little bit of a contract of this is what I want and this is what I expect. Do you agree with it? So, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, let me throw this out real quick and I'll get back to uh, Brent. And so uh, good, good points by both of you, April, and something that we encourage and Latrice is part of our Mr. Dollar Community Club here. We, the way that you said the premarital counseling is kind of what you're referring to, and something that we really, really encourage as a part of this community club is to actually get the premarital counseling, for example, with a professional, um, you know, whether it be a therapist and things of that nature. Quite often in America, a lot of us are marrying under religious um Themes and things of that nature, and so the pastoral counseling is often included, but I don't think we always think about the therapist counseling, which typically covers something totally different. So I just want to to throw that out there. Once you said that, it made me it reminded me of how often we encourage that. And again, Latrice is part of the Men of the Dialogue Community Club, so she knows you know we bring therapists in from time to time to talk about the difference between, for example, pastoral counseling and counseling from a professional, if you will. I still have Bram on the line. Let me give him one last thought, and then we're going to go to the next caller. Looks like they're in agreement with you, B-Funk, if you will. Any, any last thoughts on what you heard or anything else you want to throw out there, King? 
Well, that's good. We need to proliferate that because I, I agree, you know, and I would tell you that there's anxiety when we go into tough situations like marriage. I've been married before and I'm uh, in the process of getting married again, I think. And, uh, it, you know, as, as I was a pilot in the Air Force, and I remember when there's anxiety and in going into flying because there might be emergencies each day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the things that we mm-hmm. did to make it successful and, and to not have anxiety every time we go is we practice and we call zero knots, not at 200 and 300 and 400 knots, nautical miles an hour, but at zero knots. At sitting in a chair, we talked about what we were going to do if an emergency happened. And I think relationships are a lot the same way. You, we don't come in with the defense of, I ain't putting up with this, I ain't going to do that, um, you know, or I'm going to get mine kind of thing if we come into a relationship mm-hmm. talking about the things that might happen and how we might handle tough situations. Um, and, and then that takes us away. Then we can focus on love and not am I secure. Because um, at the end of the day, I think it does come down to love. Maybe So I leave with that. Nah, great thoughts, man, and and and, and congratulations on on this second go round. And if you if you heard what I just said, highly encourage any people. If you think there's going to be some premarital stuff uh, that you counseling that you might you know incur, and I definitely encourage that. You know, definitely consider doing it with a therapist. A lot of times, it's to pull out what those things might be that you can, as you say, work on and practice at zero knots. I love that concept. Thanks a lot for your thoughts, King. Let's get to the the next caller. Uh, we got a couple. Oh, we got two more callers trying to get in. Let's get to the next one right there. Area code eight one seven. Last three six nine one. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Smitty, it's Mickey Dalton here, man, from Arlington, Texas. How I you thought doing? it was you, King. I thought like I know this number, man, and we and we <laughs> this, and we highlighting that square business entertainment right now. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm like interjecting like into the, the whole show, man, but we a family show, up. man. Let's do it, King. Okay, man. So. um, I want to start off with this. Um, it's two really two pillars that have been discussed. Like love is kind of an emotion uh, thing, a reason to get, excuse me, emotional reason to get married, or kind of this con- contractual construct where you can get married. And I think both of those are missing something because I think they're both kind of short-sighted in this way. If you just look at the the, the contract piece of it, um, I, first of all, I think having a written contract I think is extreme. And for me personally, I, it would be absolutely ridiculous. I couldn't, it, it wouldn't work. And I think it's a recipe for disaster. Brent, Brent mentioned something about, uh, you know, because it's a short-term concept, what happens when that runs out? You don't have a husband or a wife. You have a roommate in which you can make all kinds of decisions, and it's not built for long term. Um, the love thing is interesting because whether you have a written contract, you still have that mental one that Brent talked about, the blocks you fit in. And that's where compatibility comes from. When people start fitting in those blocks mm-hmm. and you go out with someone and Oh, you like the Dallas Cowboys? I like them too. You like spicy food? I like spicy food. You like the Cowboys? Wow. You've been to Puerto Rico? Oh, I love it. Yeah. yeah. And you get that, that sets something off. I'm sure there's a chemical reaction that's occurring, but you start to lust for that person. You start to desire that person. And you, you're amazed that you finally have met someone that you can actually converse with and you're compatible with. But that's a social compatibility. And then that usually falls into a sexual compatibility. And what you don't really talk about are those long term things that will. Will, will cause the problem, uh, and that's those things like how are you going to parent your children? Um, what mm-hmm. is faith going to look like? Um, what about financial adversity and how we overcome that, right? 
all types of things. But the number one thing that I want to talk about on the love side is that love and emotion stuff is going to change. And biblically, we're taught that love is a choice at some point as well. Because if you anybody on here that's married know they have made some choices to stay with their mate because they're going to do things that you don't like and agree with. And so your ability, the long-term construct is this. How emotional and men- mentally nimble can you be as a couple? That's growth. How can you grow together as life throws challenges at you? That's, what, that's what's missing about both of those concepts. So can you do it for love? I think you absolutely should. Are there going to be some written or unwritten contractual elements? Sure. But what you really need to do is spend that dating time trying to figure out these things that could cause conflict and work on your mm-hmm. communication skills so you can be mentally and emotionally agile to grow with that person. And the inability to do that is why I think a lot of marriages don't work, and um, I think why a lot of people have fear of getting married in the first place. So. Hey, strong thoughts. Yes. I'm going to let um, Latrice respond first, and uh, April, you respond. I think we have another caller as well, but we'll let you get a, a last thought in as well. Uh, Mickey, thanks for calling in, King. Go ahead, Latrice. Any thoughts to what Mickey is bringing to the table? He's definitely sure. trying to bring something uh, to the table we haven't you know, brought up so far. Right. So I don't think – I think that his concept of it being – I don't agree with his that the contractual aspect or the love aspect of it is short-sighted. I think that it takes the two of them to make it complete. Um, and here's why he made the comment that if you go about this contractual aspect of it, then you you know if it doesn't work out, you wind up being roommates. Well, I was married for 25 over 25 years. In the last five years, where I married for love, I was a roommate. We were roommates. As a matter of fact, the last two years we barely spoke within the same house. So I think that what a contract does, and this is what I was trying to explain to the women, is it adds intentionality to everything that you do. Now, once I got divorced, I went through three years of post-marital counseling, if you will, just to kind of see what I did wrong, fix myself emotionally so that as I began to engage in potentially starting another relationship, that I would be emotionally healthy enough to do so without encountering danger to myself or, you know, impacting someone else in an emotionally unhealthy way. So a contract creates intentionality within that relationship, and it can be as strict or as loose as you want it to be, but if the contract says, you know, put this forth this amount of effort into keeping this marriage whole and healthy, then that's what you'll do because you want it to work. I think, and to me, and that's where you get lost in the emotion because, the contract removes the emotional element of it, but when you really think about it, when you enact that, that contract, you're actually building up that emotional aspect of it because you're being intentional about cultivating the kind of relationship that you want to last. That's my thought. Uh, thoughts. Actually, no, we're actually up against the break, so I'm going to let Nikki respond to you, Latrice, if you got time, Nikki, to stay on after the break. Let me go to another break. You good? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, All right, cool. I'll let you respond to her because you know, I want you to get, get a chance to respond directly. All right, we're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. All I ask is that you think. We'll be right back. Karate for Children is offered every Sunday at Mount Vernon Presbyterian Church Gymnasium from 2.45 to 4.15 p.m. for ages 5 to 14 years old. Children will learn Japanese karate as well as self-defense prevention skills to handle today's situation, like bullying and child abductions. For only $10 a class, children will gain confidence, self-control, and focus, all while having fun and getting good physical fitness. There are no bench warmers because everyone participates. 
Come join our family every Sunday at 471 Mount Vernon Highway, Northeast, Sandy Springs, Georgia, 30328. For more information, call B-Champs at 770-643-1286. Again, that number is 770-643-1286. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with co-host, special guest co-host, Latrice Ross. We keep listening to the Square Business Entertainment music. We all going to be in love here <laughs> soon enough. <laughs> um, but, Mickey, we still got you all okay. You had, um, Latrice had some thoughts about what you had to say, so I want to give you an opportunity to respond to what she had to say. Go ahead, King. Yeah, um, I mean, I would just say, in terms of the contract piece, um, you show me any couple that's in conflict and you can go to them with a piece of paper and try to hold them accountable to that and that in in the midst of conflict, I will be blown away. I don't think it's very practical. I don't think that's why you're in conflict because you're disagreeing. I don't think a piece of paper is going to hold someone accountable uh, to what they said previously. I mean, most of these people, if you're married, you made a covenant in front of God, which is uh, it doesn't get much bigger than that, so I don't think a piece of paper would say, okay, we're going to have sex three times this week, even though you're getting on my nerves or whatever. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> I think it's that inability, they're in that position due to an inability to communicate well over conflict usually or some like some type of distrust, but a piece of paper is not going to make someone act right. So what but I'll say to you is just – yeah, and let me yeah let me throw this out real quick. This is something that I've heard again. Obviously, not not have been not have been not been married before, but something that I've heard. How I've heard, in a sense, the concept of marriage negotiations kind of laying out. And at least what I've heard, maybe not the what we heard Brant say as far as you know how we're gonna take morning walks and things of that nature. But I've definitely heard of negotiations talking specifically how. Once they figure out here's a point of conflict based on, you know, the things I like and don't like. And I've definitely heard of negotiations kind of saying, well, this is how we will handle this point of conflict. And I've definitely heard of couples, maybe not in the moment, as you said, Mickey, but being able to 
realize, yep, I did agree that I would handle it this way because this is best for us to continue. So it was almost like having kind of committed to a way of handling the conflict prior to the marriage. There are couples who have maintained it because they wanted to work. And, of course, we're all human and we can fail ourselves. And somebody can say, well, forget what I even said back then. So I think that's kind of what you're talking about. But I've definitely heard of couples being able to rely on, we said if we had this issue, this is how we would resolve it. And the couples that have relied on it have gotten through some of those point of contention. At least that's what I've heard about not coming from experience. Um, April, I'm very interested in hearing your thoughts on what um, Nikki and Latrice have had to say, and then we're going to go to the next caller after that. Thanks a lot, Nikki, for your thoughts this morning. Um, well, I kind of agree with um, – I understand both their points, and, and I kind of agree – in a way with both. Um, as far as like the contract, I wouldn't really say a piece of paper because that is kind of like, you know, if we're getting arguing, all of a sudden I just bring out this paper, like, you know, five years ago on this day, you said that you were going to give me six, 10 times a week and I'm not getting it. It does seem a little bit more extreme, but I understand what she's saying in regards to having a contract talking about, you know, this is what you want coming into marriage and uh, things of that nature. But at the same time, um, rather than it being on paper, more so, you know, a mental or like kind of like a verbal conversation because a, a contract does kind of seem like more so like a job. It makes it makes marriage kind of like a job position. Like if you're at work and you're not, let's say if you're playing on your phone and your boss catches you, then um, they're like, well, you know, when you uh, when you came here to work, we said strictly in the handbook you can't have your phone on the floor. So um, it kind of makes it a little bit more stricter and it kind of takes like the joy out of it. But at the same time, you don't want to really be in a loveless marriage where um, you pretty much you marry for stability first, and you, you, you're you taking time to learn to love each other. But the question is, how long does that take? How long is it going to take you to learn to love that person? Because, oh, you know, we have a nice house, we have a nice car, but at the end of the day, like, yeah, we have all these nice things and we we have stability, but it's like a job to want to have sex or just like be around the person I'm with because I haven't learned to love them yet. So um, I, I definitely agree with both parties. Um, you just don't want to make it seem like, like, you know, like your roommates, like this is just a job and oh, we'll learn to love each other later. Uh, I just feel like, you know, time is precious and you can kind of have a little bit of both. Like you can have a mutual understanding of, okay, this is what I expected marriage, but make it not too rigid. Uh, fair enough. Let's go to another caller. Area code four seven eight last three three zero three. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Peace, family. This is uh, sincere uh, calling from Atlanta, GA. What's going on? How y'all doing out there? Hey, right, thanks sincere. a lot for calling in, King. <laughs> All right. Yeah, what's your uh, You know, I saw a topic. King? Oh, of course. I, I, I'm not shocked to hear you call in today. I'll say that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I saw the topic. So, so as a champion for for marriage and uh, uh, being being a proud husband, and I often say that at my shows from from doing some healing and some research, I teach uh, relationship through the holistic perspective. And a lot of times, we're missing the principle of the relationship and we have a narrow definition of the word love. So so inside of that word love that me and my wife has created and it is a contract between one another that we established through dating. 
So, so, so with that being the case, it's not a hard contract. It's a soft one that's signed by both of our hearts. So, so what I mean by the holistic perspective is what I teach. I teach spirit, mind, body, and that creates a healthy relationship. So there's two things that me and my wife focus on, and also with working with couples. And I, uh, I want to say this uh, as well. We shy away from counseling. Uh, in the black community often, and uh, not just the black community, because I work with uh, with people that are mm-hmm. outside of the black community as well, but I definitely prefer a third set of eyes. Definitely. So so, so whether mm-hmm. we take the holistic approach or we take the uh, psychological mm-hmm. approach, there needs to be a third set of eyes. But the two things that me and my wife utilize and I teach is the two the two comms, and that's communication and commitment. The commitment is the soft contract, and that's established mm-hmm. through dating. But we've lost the idea of how to date. So, so that's 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 a process that we get that we have to get back to, and we have to root our relationships in principle, because uh, the emotional element is up, is down, but we need to stabilize that through friendship and a spiritual connection to one another. Uh, strong so, thoughts. Um, April, I'll let you respond. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. If you get finished your thoughts, um, sincere. Right, 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 right. Uh, uh, you know, with all of that said, um, through my research uh, over 15 years to put together that book that I wrote called The 30 Love Laws, uh, what I saw with these couples is a decision to stay together. They committed to one another. And they decided to communicate with one another. Not always in the best terms, but they learn how over time. So that's what a commitment does, and that's a very important piece that we often miss. So love also has security in it. It doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be both, and we don't have to choose. Let me let me ask you this question real quick before I let – I'm going to let April respond to what you've had to say first. Uh, let me ask you this mm-hmm. question because what you just pointed out, um, it's something again. You know, I'm all trying to learn and trying to, you know, get like you, King. Find, you know, find that, find that queen and build something with. And so Certainly. the part that you just spoke about, and again, and just even in my research of just marriage in general, what would you say when you say something seems to be missing? And I think we're about to say the same thing, but I just want to make sure we're, you know, see if that's how you see it. But I do mm-hmm. agree that the, the idea of commitment we've actually limited to almost simply whether you're faithful to me or not. And and I look at commitment and look at historical marriage from the standpoint that the commitment was, in a sense, all the way, always about that purpose. You're going all the way back to where even a brother Pianchi called it and said the aspect of you're marrying that family. And so something that I'm learning now in, in seeing what I, you know, seeing, in a sense, the concept of generational marriage to the to the extent that you know when he says those traditions of looking into someone's family and their background and and things of that I'm not saying you can do that with every situation but I'm just talking about to me commitment has involved all of that to the extent to where you know in in those arranged marriage where the family's approving or disapproving someone they're looking at all those things because they're trying to ensure you're finding someone who will say committed to that purpose and that legacy because you're not marrying just for you, you're marrying for the next generation. At least that's how I've come to understand it as an outside outsider looking into 
some to, into some marriage groups who seem to be getting it right. Any thoughts on that, if you will, King? Because I think I hear you saying the same thing, just a lot more concise than maybe I said. Right, most certainly, uh, most certainly. That's a big, that's a big thing. I use history as well, um, taking into account uh, some of the relationships that I've seen work that have been together forty to sixty years. Uh, and one of the things that me and my wife did, I brought her to my family. She took me to hers. So I saw her, how her psychological state was built. Mm-hmm. I met her father. I met her mother. We had conversations. I met everybody that was of any influence in her life, and we had conversation. We broke bread. We loved wow. on each other. And, mm-hmm. and she's not just my wife. She's family. So there's there's multiple tears that have to be broken down for our relationship to go anywhere. We just simply decided to commit to everything that we are and everything that we have been, and, and we lose sight of that. So you're absolutely on point right. with that. Okay. Yeah, again, I'm, again, I'm outside looking in, trying to get in, if that makes sense. Um, April, any thoughts as you hear? There's a good, obviously a good friend of ours is a part of the community club here in Atlanta. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, you hear his background and what he does, and obviously he lives by by the example. Uh, any thoughts to how it applies to Tiny's, you know, version of what she said versus what he's saying? Again, it's not that I'm pitting those two against one each other, but I'm definitely interested in, you know, knowing in a sense that you are a millennial, how you hearing what what he's saying, and 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 can it even be done for your generation? Let me even throw that out to you, um, in your opinion, if you will. Well, first and foremost, I absolutely love what he said um, because um, with the two other people, you know, they kind of had direct opposite um, opinions. But I feel like um, this gentleman, he kind of was the even balance. And I love that, how he said, um, correct me if I'm wrong, um, that there is uh, security and love or love and security. Like Mm -hmm. um, I definitely believe that because when you love someone um, and committed to them, you have no problem providing security. It, It doesn't feel like a job. You want to do it because you want to make that person happy. Seeing them happy makes you happy because they mean the world to you. Um, and um, just as far as um, meeting people's families, I feel like as a millennial, we have definitely gotten away from that. Um, for example, I know with uh, within my age group, a lot of times when we go out and date, we, we use dating platforms like Tinder, all that stuff. Um, Tinder, POF, all those dating websites. And pretty much how the dating cycle goes with us millennials is we'll meet someone, um, we may, you may tell your family about them. It depends how close you are with your family. You may not. Um, you'll go out on a few dates, if, if, even if you get that, and the next thing you know, it's Netflix and chill. And then a couple months later, you know, <laughs> kind of comes a baby. And most people don't even get to meet. Most parents don't even, may not even know about the person. They might have just heard of them, but they won't meet them until, like, the child's born. And I definitely feel like we have gotten away from, especially as, um, like, young girls, having our father's approval, our brother's approval, cousins, uncles, if you have that. And it's really important to really look into what and who you're marrying because, like, let's say, you know, I come from a family that is strong in, you know, marriage, family values, and things of that nature, and they want to know who I'm dating. But I may go date someone who, you know, they come from a broken household. It's just madness. And they may not understand mm-hmm. simple things well of why I'm so close to my family because they didn't weren't raised that way. So already we're kind of starting off. On yeah, matter of fact, let's we do have this two April, ideas of family. Because um, unfortunately we are up against our break. 
I want to break down uh-huh. what you're talking about because I think it absolutely applies to this board's discussion. So, Sierra, if you want, um, I don't have another caller. If you want to stay on, I'd be glad to keep you on as well, King. We're always open to your three cents um, to any discussion yeah, that you have. Are you able to stay on, King? Okay, so I'm going to bring you back on after the break as well. All right, we're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We'll be right back. But all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at MoneyMotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. Capture all your sweetness and your kindness. Love can define us. We're crippled and love would only blind us. Well, love can define us. It has to be the Lord that's behind us. Oh, love can define us. Once in a lifetime you will find us. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I am your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, Tiny Harris says, marry for security, not for love. What say you? Special guest co-host, Patrice Ross, special guest, April Jackson. We still have Sincere on the line with us as well. And April, with this part you were just talking about in that, like you say, that experience of having maybe someone – I think that's a great example, somebody who comes from that versus somebody who doesn't. Or let's even throw this out there, April, which has been partly my experience to a certain extent. Um, I'll say, and I've said this on the show before, uh, I'm very fortunate to have seen my grandparents married, uh, you know, in a sense, have that long-term, you know, aspect to it. And, again, and let me throw this out there just to make sure, I'm, you know, just not leaving it out there like that. You know, just because you've been married a long time, that it, that in itself doesn't mean it's a successful marriage. So I don't want to make that people to hear yeah. it that way. But, again, having seen that was my example. Um, you know, my mother had me young and, you know, in a sense, was, you know, never married per se. But I agree. I end up dating the way you're talking about, and it wasn't even necessarily always the concept of one wanting to, you know, why you're close to the family and the other one, a lot of times you got people meeting that neither one of them have that aspect. So it ends up being exactly what you talked about, where people are kind of, in a sense, making a go at it themselves because there's no aspects of what Sincere is talking about and some of our other callers have been talking about. And so I want to 
um, throw this out there, and I definitely want to hear yours, Latrice, answer to your thoughts on, on this. But I think Tassir said something very important when he said these different words are, in a sense, defined narrowly. And I think if we don't narrowly define any of these words, whether it be security, whether it be love, then it gives, a, in my opinion, a better aspect of what anybody who's even called in all morning is saying. So we can narrowly define either one and kind of reject others' perspectives. Or, as you said, April, you like how he said their security in love per se. I, I will throw out if we want to, if we're saying that these, the, the concept of marrying someone's family, if we're now saying that these are good things, but the reality is many are, many of us are going about it and not doing these things, then I think it does make us, in my opinion, have to widen the idea of what security looks like because the way we're doing it clearly provides no security. Would you agree with that, April? I'm talking about just the aspect of if most people are out here just kind of making a go at, go at it, not conceptualizing the aspect that, yes, I must marry this person's family or, or you know, or I should look into their background, their family should approve me. Like these things are not getting done. And so, so there's no security. So I can be all in love, but can we admit yeah. there's no security in that process since that's what a – Majority again. I'm 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 45, so I'm not that much a whole lot older than you. So I'm catching this and going through it this way as well. So this is this is not foreign to me. You feel me? I I definitely have had people I thought you know I never I didn't get to the engagement point, but I'm just talking about people I thought could just be my wife. I definitely was just kind of going at it myself. Uh, you know, so I've done that too. Yeah. And I'm saying if you expand the concept of security, then it it should, in my opinion, should include, in a sense, let me, and I want to hear all y'all thoughts on this. In a sense, a man setting a place for you, in a sense, taking that position. Yes. And I want to hear everybody's thought on that because I think Sasir said it. The idea of somebody somebody mentioned the idea of you know um, how, in a sense, the feminine movement challenges some of the traditional things. And I'm saying, in retrospect, there are some traditions we might want to bring back, in my opinion, that yeah. could be more effective than what we're doing. April, I'll let you respond first, Latricia next, and then we'll go back to Cecilia. No, I definitely agree. When you when you marry somebody, you're marrying into their family. And if you don't have their family's approval, it's going to be a really, really rocky ride. And, you know, just getting to know their family and how they operate, it has a lot to do with if you have conflicts in your marriage um, as well, how they're going to handle it. Because if their mom and mm-hmm. their mom and dad, or especially if, uh, for, a, uh, for a woman dating a man, if a man's mother doesn't like you, oh, it's, it's going to be tough. Because every time you get in an argument or some type of debate, even if it's the littlest, he's probably, she's probably going to try to talk him out of, or try to talk him into leaving you. So it's definitely important to just, Get to, get to know what you're dealing with and, you know, build a good rapport with that family because if they like you, you know, you, you have a debate over something as small as, you know, wiping the dishes, they're going to have your best interest because they, they like you. So it's, it's you need to know what you're marrying into and how they understand values of marriage, especially if they broke up, if they were raised in a broken home. And, you know, they, they don't know the first thing about marriage because they've never seen it. Like, it, it's just – a lot of miscommunication is going to be going on. It's going to be a rough ride. Latrice? 
I think that's a great point if you have that family. For instance, I don't have family, you know, so, but I will say Mm -hmm. this, that is very important what, um, what was said because you do have to look at that person's family dynamics and see kind of where they're coming from from a psychological perspective. And I'll even add that I think I stayed married an extra two years because I didn't want to divorce my ex-husband's family. I loved Mm -hmm. his family like they were my family. Mm -hmm. So um, Mm -hmm. I think that's very important. Something else um, that was said, I think is I often ask in my some of the groups that I, I have dialogue in, who taught you how to love? Because we mm-hmm. come from broken Ooh. homes so much, and oftentimes yep. people will say, I learned on my own, or nobody taught me how to love. And I'm like, well, if you learned on your own, how do you know you're loving the right way? Is that why mm-hmm. you're single? So we don't even take into account how we learn to love another person. Oh, absolutely. Cecilia, let me ask you this, and you you know jump in on it and give us one last thought on it as well. Um, I think there's some aspect of us as men when we've kind of been shown this way, and a lot of you – know, we talk, we keep talking about broken homes, so a lot of men have not been shown this way. But I think there's an aspect of us as men when we've seen the example that some of the way that we exhibit our love is through providing security. And, again, I ask for mm-hmm. an expansion of that word, if you will. And so – I don't know if we have a, in a sense, I, I don't think we've grown up in your, you know, I think you're similar age to me or whatever, but I think you'll agree. I don't think we've grown up with enough, in a sense, men, through lack of example, learning that that's something mm-hmm. that is natural to us. Uh, but would you mm-hmm. agree that that is an aspect of how we show love if you want to now expand this word into a larger word, which I would recommend every woman look for per se, is a man who understands and, and believes that providing security is an aspect of how he how he gives love. Any thoughts on that, um, Sincere? Oh, I'm sorry, i got to get him back live. One second. Hold on one second, King, I got you. Uh, you live, King, sorry about that. Absolutely, I'm here. And, uh, uh, brother, that that is a great point. And, and here's, here's the thing, and I want to make this known. Like, our women are some of the most powerful beings on the face of this planet. And and I'm an alpha type, but I know that I absolutely need my wife to be as powerful as I can be, and and vice versa. So, with that being said, there's no ego there. Like, there's only Mm -hmm. uh, equal footing. Now, in our uh, history, if you look at the third eye, the woman is the seat of the throne, Right from that depiction, the woman holds the seat of the throne, which means that she gives permission to take the seat. So she gives that permission to a man that steps into those shoes and performs as such. So so certain movements in history mm-hmm. has torn us mm-hmm. from that idea. It's taken us away from that. So, so I coined love as a, sim- a simple acronym that says that we all live on valuable Energy, that's L-O-V-E, living on valuable energy. I live on my own energy. My wife lives on her own energy, and we all do that as men and women. But we combine that energy to make something powerful. So not saying that, that powerful, myself, but what I had to do was step into those shoes, giving my wife what she needs. Does that make sense? No, it makes, I'm going to tell you how much sense it makes. Mm-hmm. Because as I hear you speak to this, and I knew I wanted to say this on the show, but I think this is a perfect time for it. Um, I think ultimately 
and again, outside looking in, this is partly why I desire it so. And, and again, and I have to prove that I desire it so by setting myself up to secure to, 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 to secure someone. But what I'll say is there's a lot of security in it for us too. Uh, I, you know, I had a sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a sister who, and I hope, I you know, still hope she calls in or whatever that says, "Hey, just looked at it from a woman's standpoint or whatever." But in in doing so, in securing her, and that compliment giving me everything that I need to ensure our legacy. And again, I know this sounds so platitudinal, but it, it's, it's I'm saying it because losing aspects of this, we've lost that purpose. With that purpose. Mm-hmm. We can, as you say, Cecile, fulfill those roles. It's natural to us. It makes us feel good. It makes us want to do it. Mm-hmm. But she, in turn, secures me as well. And this is why you see, in a sense, marriage men in general, married men in general, are far ahead of the single men, who even the ones that got the bag, per se, in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's security that runs both ways. In this concept, I'm actually up against the break, so I'm mm-hmm. gonna do this last break, and I'm gonna let all of you respond. Uh, for any of the other callers, if you're trying to get in, you do need to press one. Actually, sincere, I do got another caller, so I'm gonna have to let you go, King. Hey, that worked, brother. Thank y'all. Nah, thank you. Very powerful. Your three cents was great this morning. Let me go to this break, and we'll get to um, another caller coming out of the break. And listening to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show, well, all I ask is that you think we'll be right back. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. If you have a product or service you would like to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please contact me directly at 404-604-9477. Thank you to my sponsors currently, um, B-Champs, Square Business Entertainment, Money Motivation. I always appreciate your support. You as an individual, if you think what we're doing is important and needed, then you too can become a supporter at mentaldialogue.com. There are different levels. If you're outside of Atlanta, at least become a supporter. If you're in the Atlanta area and would like to get involved with these discussions with some of these callers that have called in that are part of our community club, uh, please consider becoming an actual member. There are benefits. You can see that on the website as we speak. We do need your support to keep this type of dialogue and radio on the air. So thank you um, if you consider becoming a supporter, and I think that you should, uh, again, if you appreciate what we're doing. This morning's discussion question, Tony Harris says, marry for security, not for love. What say you? A lot of been discussed, um, but you know, I threw out some concepts. We do got a caller, so let me get y'all a response real quick before we get to the caller. Again, I just had a sense call for an expansion of, in a sense, what security looks like and what it means, not the narrow thing that I think gets people into the back and forth and throughout the aspect that it provides security for us as men. Um, just any thoughts from both of you ladies, and then we'll go to the caller. Either one of you can jump in. 
Hello. 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 Yes, go ahead. I was just yeah, just any again, I was just throwing out that I think it applies both ways, even though quite often this discussion is always kind of framed from the woman's aspect. And again, I think there's security that gets provided for us as men, you know, as well, but a lot of times men are not being raised to look at it that way is is, is my thoughts. Any thoughts on that, Latrice? Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think that it has to go back to how we are rearing our children and the type of respect mm-hmm. and um, expectations that we have for how they treat women. And I think that that's been lost in the struggle, um, the economic struggle that mm-hmm. we have, because so many kids are being raised by um, television now, and they have all of these reality shows that definitely don't give the right, send the right message. So I yeah. definitely think that as um, as we move forward into the, and, you know, raise this next generation, that there needs to be an intentional focus on mutual respect for gender, for both genders. Sure. Well, fair um, enough. April, any thoughts? Uh, yes, um, I definitely agree as well. Um, men deserve to have security, not just us, because I, I feel like sometimes we focus all the attention, um, excuse me, attention on, you know, security for the women, but, you know, the men matter too. Like, you know, men in marriage matter. So um, just making a man feel that he's needed. Um, that's definitely like a, a great, like I hate to say this word, like ego booster, and it'll make a man go harder when he feels like his actions and everything that he's doing for his his fiance, wife, girlfriend is it's greatly appreciated. He's going to continue to do those things, and he's not going to have a problem doing it because in return he's getting the love, the respect that he rightfully deserves. So it, it's important for the men to feel special as well. So I definitely agree. Yeah, and and don't say and don't hate to say it. Because the reality is, I, I, I share this again. Not being married, and this has this part doesn't have anything to do with absolutely having to be married. But something that I've always shared with um, some of my people I consider sisters throughout my life is the aspect of, you know, again, we didn't talk a whole lot about this, but we mentioned it. This question, in a sense, it definitely gets thrown into, for example, the gold digger aspect mm-hmm. gets thrown out there, right? Some men see it that way, some women see it that way just from even looking at it, right? Mm-hmm. But what I always say to a lot of my sisters, I said, the one thing that the gold, that gold diggers have mastered is the concept of appreciating the concept of appreciation to the nth degree. Every little thing we do is, mm-hmm. Hercules, Hercules, you're so great. Like, <laughs> it works. It, and, and here it is. Yeah. I used to share with my friends to say that even me knowing this, I can't. I'm still susceptible to it, and so, and so, I definitely see people who are in long-term relationships, or sometimes, unfortunately, even long-time marriages, where that part is forgotten. That that mm-hmm. you know, it's always almost like they're just negative about one another. That's that's a two-way street, but it is definitely an extra ego booster for us as men. So don't be afraid to say that. If I am fortunate to have a daughter, I'm going to tell her, appreciate when he opened the door. You know what I mean? I yeah. appreciate the fourth time he brings you the same color roses and then appreciate it, then tell him you want another color. You know what I mean? <laughs> Don't tell him you want the other color because they say, this is the third time you brought me these, these roses. You know what I mean? I'm just throwing it out there. Let's go to the call. Hello, family. Hey, How you doing? 803-932. Is that Kevin out there? King, what's going on? How you doing? Yeah, what's going on, King and Queens? Uh, you're definitely on point with what y'all are saying. Um, okay. See, the, the family structure is about balance. 
The man and woman literally are two pieces of a puzzle. You actually fit together, if you know what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. when that's off balance, mm-hmm. you may not see it right then, but somewhere down the line, the family is going to be disrupted. As you see right now with all massacre. I'm from where the the little girl that they just found in the landfill. I know the you know I'm 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 right. in contact with those people. Um, and oh, this is what happens when families are torn apart. Uh, the young lady brought in some other outside individual who was not the father of the child, and you saw the end results of that. This is happening more and more in our community, especially our black community, where that's not even used to be known for us to do. Why is that? Because these men are not being raised to be men, and these girls are not really being raised to be nurturing women. They're just surviving, but they're not thriving. And then until we pull that family structure back together, we will perish as a people. Because it takes a family to even have a nation. And you cannot have a nation without the family. The family is the foundation of all. And uh, like I said, we are we balance each other. You give me that 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 needed. When you see lions out in the jungle, you see how they rub on each other and they love on each other. That's what we need too. Because when that world we are there fighting and providing, so I want to come home. I need that wind down time. You help me wind down. You help me relax. So I don't take that anger and all this, you know, out there, you know. You make me want to go out there and get it, you know. But what happens, society has torn that apart. And, hey, hey, you either going to be like us, all woman power, all man power, and and it's that we're a constant battle at war with each other. And I believe this was a design. And we have to break that cycle. We, we When they tore us apart, when they gave us, uh, the social welfare, they said the father could not be in the home no more. Three generations of that it got us right where we are right now. Mm-hmm. Genocide. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll digress. <laughs> hey, no, no, that's a, that's a fair digression. Let me let me say this, and you know, this is what I'm about to say almost could spark a whole other hour, but we're at the la- you know the last few minutes here, and I'll give you one quick thought on it, Kevin. Um, but here's the aspect, and I know we've dialogued on this before, Latrice. Again, you get, you know, you're often a guest co-host with us. Um, as I'm hearing this, and, and I think it sounds like we're all coming to some level of agreement here. But when I think about the original question, you know, married for love, not, you know, married for security, not for love, or whatever. Um, but as we were talking about this dynamic of between the man and the woman, um, there is a, there is a. Here's a realistic aspect of this when we're talking about that man providing security and his nature. It is difficult with the way things have gone, and we've talked about how women, in a sense, have had to, especially in our community due to the cycle that y'all are talking about, have been forced to, in a sense, secure secure the bag, to not get left out there and having to be able to take care of the family. Like our community, whether we like it or not, has become a matriarchal. Our community, specifically the African-American community, has mostly become a matriarchal society due to these realities. And so that that woman quite often teaches her daughter to secure the bag. And an aspect of it is, and I think we just have to at least mention this, an aspect of it is it can get done in a way that it makes it difficult, right or wrong, and some people can shoot this down. But I said that ego matters to us as men, where sometimes a man's trying to figure out where does he fit in 
when a when a when a woman has it all together. And 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 again, that's something that has to be talked about because it's factoring in even between good people. I'm not talking about the weak ego narcissistic person or whatever. I'm talking about even between good people, that's a struggle sometimes. It doesn't just mm-hmm. come together when certain aspects of it of us are not playing to one to one another's nature because some of the way we talk now doesn't speak to those realistic differences between how that man in a sense needs his ego ego boosted. You know, when we show you enough love, it may boost your ego too, but we don't put it in that term for you as women. It's like if we if you know what I mean? Like if we if we take care of you and secure you, I think that gives you that same feeling that we get for when you nurture us, if you will. Uh, one quick thought on that, um um Kavanaugh, I'll, I'll hey, let hey, you go. Hey, 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 hey I, I know exactly where you're going with that. And here's the thing mm-hmm. Even a good woman cannot truly respect a man that doesn't provide for her. There's going to come a hey, point you're going to get thought. tired of that. If, if you secure, if that woman is securing the bag, sooner or later she will lose that respect for that man. Somewhere down hey, the line. Strong thoughts. Let me, yeah, let me give both my guests a, a thought. April, we're going to give you the floor before you go. Thank <laughs> you so much, Queen, for giving us that millennial perspective. We needed it. So any thoughts from you on either what I had to say or any closing thoughts from you real quick? Um, I definitely agree. And um, just one point that I want to touch on is black women and black men, they need to love one another. Like it's, it's hard enough out here for, for black men feeling like that, you know, they're not important and they don't matter. And we just really need to provide and come together as one, like not necessarily, you know, like I don't condone struggle love, but like, I mean, just come together, work together, love on one another. I feel like that's that's important. Like the money, the money and having stability, you know, it's, it's good. It's important, but we still gotta have that basis for love because it's, it's a cold world out here for for both black men and black women. So, yeah. Uh, again, thank you for your perspective this morning, Latrice. I'm gonna give you the last run for this morning. Okay, I think that um, we definitely have to come together. Our our community survival actually depends yeah. on us coming together as black men and women and getting this love thing right. We have to rebuild a black family. We have to do away with the discord and, and the discontent and really learn, come back and learn how to love each other um, the right yep. way. Forget about gold digging. Forget about mm-hmm. who has the bag. Forget about any of this. Because while we were talking, I thought, you know, I'm going to put that question out there again about the contract, but I'm going to change the word contract to covenant. And I'll yep. and I bet the women will have a different aspect because we view covenant different than contract. Um, but we've got to get it right because if we don't, our community is never going to be able to be empowered. Absolutely. Yeah, fair enough. Yep. And I'll tell you, you know, again, as a as a man who feels like I went through this full cycle and felt like I was raised with a lot of BS that 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 hasn't led me to in a sense, get married in a way that, that, that I now see as a, as a, a more appropriate way, um, having learned that in more recent years in almost, you know, some concepts, I'll say now even, you know, kind of late in life. But I definitely think we should be raising our boys to, I'll even say this, secure the, the bag for understanding it, you can't really grow that without your better half you know, without your other half. And so mm-hmm. there's a level that you can get to on your own, but generational wealth 
requires you coming together. And generational wealth requires you staying together. And so these are why I'm such an advocate of marriage before children. And sometimes when people hear Mm -hmm. me say it, they think I'm just talking about marriage the way we get married now. And I'm saying no, bringing back that security the concept of marriage includes, as I hear both of you say, black, you know, love. I'm saying let's expand it to what marriage has stood for before, the secure, the security aspect, the legacy aspect. Put that in as as kind of your guiding guideline, and in a sense, let the love come and work towards that. It's kind of how I would say it from my perspective. Thank y'all both for an amazing show this morning. Thank you to all my sponsors. Hope y'all go check out Square Business Entertainment as we let them be our backdrop for this morning's show. We'll see y'all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think.